I'd like to welcome you to episode number 41 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We are currently in a series on our finances. The focus has been primarily finances need prayer and faith, and we all know that, but we need to put it into practice when making financial decisions. I've talked recently about decision-making in our finances, and if you're interested in any of these, you can find multiple lessons on finances and and things like experiencing the joy of debt-free living on my podcast that have been running now for several months. I want to thank you for listening in, and I want to thank the thousands of others who have downloaded these podcasts, and I pray God's richest blessing would be upon those who are seeking to have a better understanding of how God desires to bless our finances, our decisions, and our entire life. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity I have to bring this message at this time to these people. I pray that you would bless them, that you would anoint me, Lord, to bring forth a teaching that would be beneficial, that would encourage people, that would give them hope for their future success with their finances. I thank you, God, once again for this great opportunity, and I give you praise for what's about to take place. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Episode number 41. I want to focus primarily on how to obtain financial success. Now, there's a lot of folks out there probably thinking that financial success means that you've got to have a massive amount of money in the bank and live in mansions and drive amazing cars and all those kinds of things. Well, yeah, you can have call that success if you'd like, but there's another form of success that's equally as important, probably even more important, and that is the having an understanding of what true financial success is. Let me give an example of a man I loved very much. A lot of people wouldn't think that he was necessarily financially successful, but I believe that he was. And that was my dad. He was a solid man, a consistent man, a faithful husband, a great father. And he had a lot of successes in his life, even though a lot of people would not consider him successful because he had a regular type of job, lived in a very modest home, drove a modest car. Let me talk to you about his successes. And let's talk specifically about his financial success. Here's a man that during his entire life never knew what it was like to make $20,000 a year in his work. Now, he retired early at the age of 62. When he retired, his home was paid for. His cars were paid for. He had the ability to go on vacations and enjoy life. He would take my mom on a vacation to Hawaii and they would spend at least a month over there just enjoying a facility that they would rent. And it was modest, but nonetheless, they were there and they enjoyed it. But he did this quite a few times. He also worked in his church. He was a volunteer in the area of helping children learn the Bible. They call them quiz teams where the young kids were taught how to answer questions about what scriptures were being read and based upon that, give the the scripture location and quote the scripture. He did that for years. He was successful in his raising of a family, brought up four kids, and to this day, all the children, all four, lived great marriages, single marriages, and he was, my dad was married to my mom nearly 60 years, and now he has four children. Dad's, by the way, dad has since gone to be with the Lord. He passed away at the age of 80, but he has now a legacy of four children who have all been married in excess of 50 years. That's a pretty amazing legacy and what I would call a pretty amazing level of success in his life. But if we talk specifically about the area of finances, why would I refer to my dad as a financial success when in reality he had a very modest car and a very modest house 
but they were all paid for. The reason I refer to him as a financial success is because he didn't have any financial worries. He didn't place finances ahead of God. God was always first in his finances. My dad was a tither. He believed in giving 10% of his income to the Lord, to his local church. My dad realized that in order to be blessed, he had to honor his source of blessing, which was the Lord Jesus Christ. So dad understood the value of money. He was not stingy. He was not a tightwad, but he understood what a dollar was. And he understood what what it meant when you spent $5 or $10 or $20. I can remember having vacations where our entire family would travel across the country. Dad would get out of work. He'd get his funds. They would pay him in advance for the next two weeks for his vacation time. And he'd load up his family of six and he'd drive us all the way across the country to see family in Ohio. He managed to take us every year to places like Disneyland and to the San Diego Zoo and Ocean of the Pacific and just on and on and on. All these amazing places that many people never got to go to, my dad figured out a way with his modest income to be able to bless his family and to take care of them financially. I never lacked for anything. We were never evicted from a house. Dad understood that God was his partner in his finances. So let's let's just say that one of the areas of allowing ourselves to obtain financial success is to make God our partner in our finances. You might wonder then, how can we make God, Almighty God, Omniscient God, Omnipresent God, our partner? Well, his word says that if you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. So therefore, dad would always pray about the financial decisions that he needed to make. Him and mom would sit down and talk about it, would plan their finances. And he understood that God was his source, his blessing, and he made him his partner. So I'm going to give you a couple scriptures that will help you to make God your partner in your financial decisions. In the book of Romans, in my New Living Translation Bible, I'm going to read from chapter 14 and verse number 8. If we live, it's to honor the Lord. And if we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Now, when you make God your partner, you join hands, you join arms, you join faith, you join in your comfort in the word of God, you join with God by praying, by seeking his wisdom, by seeking his his direction, by understanding that he's got all the answers. You know, in business, we get partners to work with us because one partner will complement another partner. When I was in business and had a home building company, I would often partner with a financial man who would then have the financial strength to help me carry through our projects. But I had the the background and the experience to be able to put the project together to to acquire the property and then to hire another partner to build it and I was the developer. My financing guy was my bank. My builder, my general contractor, who was the one putting the building together. And we we formed what you call a partnership. Partnership has responsibilities of each individual. So if you want to know how to be successful financially, you should form a partnership with the Lord Jesus Christ and also with God the Father and also with the Holy Spirit. So you've already got a nice partnership going. You can even tell people, well, I'm going to seek my partners in this decision and see where I go from there. And they might say, well, who are your partners? partners, you can say, well, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I I find that just really joyful. I mean, that's why I feel like I want to just kind of 
break out in, in laughter and in joy because I've experienced that. I know what it's like when I want to make a decision to be on my own. I know what it's like when maybe I just make a decision and I get myself in trouble. But I also know what it's like when I ask my partner. I allow the Holy Spirit to help my partner of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So when I put a partnership together with these these men, my finance guy, my contractor, and myself as the guy who was leading the thing, putting it all together, orchestrating the whole thing so that it could happen, then we would share in our in our blessings, in our successes. I would pay the investor a certain amount of money for what he did. I would pay the general contractor a certain amount of money for what he did. And I would pay myself for what I did. It's the same thing when you make God your partner in your financial decisions. You then reimburse God through giving of your tithes and offerings to the work of the Lord that that his work can go on. You're not buying God off. You're not paying God to bless you. You're just simply sharing what you have with your partner. You know, there was a famous preacher by the name of Dr. Cho in Seoul, Korea, who wrote a book entitled, The Holy Spirit, My Senior Partner. And I just thought of that as I was teaching. I believe the Holy Spirit brought that to my mind. And throughout that book, he talks about the success of his church and how the Holy Spirit was his senior partner. He was the one that he relied on. Now, the senior partner is the one that usually has the final say. So in your partnership with God so that you can be successful financially, I think we should make God the senior partner in your financial plan. I believe he is your source of everything you have and everything that I have. God is everything to us. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 16 and verse 2, I said to the Lord, you are my master. Every good thing I have comes from you. Now, I can't kind of think that kind of sums it up, doesn't it? The writer of Psalm 16 too, and I believe it was David, he says, every good thing I have comes from you. Stop just a second and think about that. Do we really acknowledge that? Do we believe that God is our partner? Maybe you'd like to make him your partner, but in reality, he's not your source. He can't be your partner unless he becomes your source. I don't want someone to partner with me unless they realize that I can bring something good to the partnership. So if we want to be successful financially, we should invite God to be our partner. He wants to be our partner. He promises he'll never leave us or forsake us. He promises us that he wants to bless us abundantly. Jesus said, I want you to have a life that's abundant and overflowing life. So when when David wrote back in Psalm 16 too, and he said, every good thing I have comes from you, he knew that God was his source. He knew that God was his source of strength, his source of wisdom, his source to make good decision, his source for financial blessing, his source for physical healing. When he says, you're my source and everything, he meant every part of his life. So I think one of the keys for us to have a successful financial plan is to set up the right kind of partnership and be sure that we understand that God is invited to that partnership because we realize that he's the source of everything that we'll ever do in that partnership. Let's examine a little bit more what a partner does. Partner contributes. So if you're a partner with God in your financial plan, you contribute by praying. You contribute by reading his word and looking for his direction, his guidance. You or I contribute when we bless others as God blesses us. So our portion of a part of the partnership with God is to be, when we're blessed, to be a blessing. That's what God wants us to do. He blesses us so we can be a blessing. Now, God's part of the partnership is gigantic. It's huge. It's everything. God wrote the word for us to give all of our instructions and all the wisdom that we need. God established a connection with us through the Holy Spirit. When Jesus 
went to be with the Father in heaven. He said, I will leave you a comforter and the comforter will guide you and will comfort you and bless you and protect you and give you wisdom and direction. And he'll, you'll not be alone because I'll have the comforter who'll come and dwell in you. Now, those of you who are believers or followers of Jesus Christ, the comforter, the Holy Spirit lives and dwells within you. So you have a partner who is in you, who is part of you, and he wants to guide and direct us. So that's why we need to pray. That's why we need to ask the Holy Spirit to direct us. At the very beginning of this episode today, I prayed that the Holy Spirit would guide us. I don't want to ever preach a sermon or teach a lesson unless I yield to the Holy Spirit. I want to be sure the Holy Spirit knows that I need him. He's my partner in this thing. And in these podcasts, I have a partnership with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You might want to call them my board of directors. They direct me and I want to be led by their direction and by their wisdom. So in a partnership, God's contribution is that he wants to prosper in all things and be in good health even as our soul prospers because God looks at finances as just one aspect of our, of our relationship with him. He wants to be our partner in prayer. He wants to be our partner in successes. He's going to be our partner if we have a challenge or, a, or an illness or a failure of some kind. He's not going to break up the partnership. He's not going to throw you out and say, well, you did that. It blew up didn't work and so he's going to throw you out. No, he's a partner that doesn't break up. When I was in business, when I had a real estate development company, we formed partnerships. We did a lot of them and the partnerships were very long involved agreements. They were 50, 60, 70, 100 pages or so defining what I did, what my partners did. Well, God has developed a contract with us and that's the word of God. And it's it really covers everything. There's not a single thing in your life that'll ever happen that God, your partner, doesn't have you direction and wisdom. So getting back to my, my business interests and what I used to do, when we were building these large projects and shopping centers and, and even mid-rise buildings and land syndication, and all those things that I did, we had to have partners that we put together and the partnership defined what we we're going to accomplish. The, the, I remember in particularly the partnership was, was good for when times were good and it was a good thing to have when times were bad. I remember the market turned horribly bad back in 1986. Now some of you were not even born in 1986, but in 1986 our government passed something called the Tax Reform Act. And when that took place, our, the value of our properties dropped by 75 to 80%. So if you owned a building that was worth a million dollars, that building was now worth maybe $250,000. So we had to give those buildings back to the lenders, to the banks, to our other partners in there. And their role was to finance the project. So when the Tax Reform Act happened, they got the buildings back. Our partnership established that. It set a, a direction. It set a program for how we would handle it. We gave the buildings back. We moved on and we tried to reestablish our business. Now, we can have the same type of challenge in any type of financial decision that we make if we don't form a solid partnership, if we don't have an agreement with God. And God sets up his partnership by, by speaking to us, by guiding us, by directing us, making us feel at peace. I think in my last episode, I talked about having peace. God is the senior partner in our financial plan, wants us to have peace. And he is the author of peace. And we can easily identify when God's in this, in something that we're doing or 
decision we're going to make if we have peace because he is constantly our source of peace. On the other hand, we know the devil is not going to offer us peace. He's the author of confusion. He's the author of frustration. He's the author of anxiety. He's the author of frustration. He's the author of lawsuits and on and on and on. So we don't want to form a partnership with the devil. Our partnership should be with God and the contract that we sign is through his word. I'm going to read one of the paragraphs, let's say, in God's contract with us, which is his word, found in Ephesians chapter 3, starting at verse number 20. I'm reading in the New Living Translation. Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Verse 21, glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now that's what I call partner. Think about that in business. When I had that business and we were developing commercial properties and things were going good, it was great. But when things got bad, my partners and I kind of had to break the partnership up because there really wasn't any building. There weren't any buildings left over. We had to give them all back to the bank because the value of them had dropped so poorly. But with God, we don't have to give anything back to God except we give him our heart and we surrender our heart to him. We surrender our mind and our thoughts to him and continue to operate with that part partnership and our senior partner, God the Father, will then take control of everything. So let's read that closer and see what our senior partner has the ability to do. And this is how we get success in our finances. Now all glory to God. We need to give him all the glory. We need to remember that he's our source. He gets all the glory. As a matter of fact, when we are talking about doing a project, you know, if I'm building a house or something in the past or even currently, I still like to do some real estate investing from time to time. If I'm out looking for a lot to something to build a house honor to invest in a property. I want to give God the glory. I want to pray and ask God for help. And then if a property comes up available, I want to give God credit. You know, there's a, a funny story about people who don't like to give God credit. It reminds me of the story about the guy who was driving in the city of New York and he kept driving for a parking parking space. He drove up and down the streets forever and ever and ever. He drove an hour around in circles trying to find a parking space. He said, oh God, help me find a parking space. I need a parking space. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a parking space became available. And as he drove into the park parking space, he looked up to the heavens and says, God, that's okay. I don't need your help now. I found what I need. See, he didn't give God glory. He didn't give God the glory. See, he was praying for a parking space. God provided it, and he didn't give God the praise. He should have said, Lord, thank you for the parking space. Now, that may seem silly to some, but in reality, we need to give God all the glory. When a good idea comes to your mind, thank God for that good idea. And when a bad idea comes to your mind, and you realize it's a bad idea, thank God that he protected you from that. So, It says here, now all glory to God. So in everything that we do, in our financial partnership with God, we've got to always give God all the glory and give him all the honor and all the praise because he's the only one who's praiseworthy. And when we give God the glory and the honor, you're going to be, God's going to be pleased with us. He's going to be happy that we acknowledge who he is and how vital and how important that he's crucial in our partnership and our finances. And then it goes on to say, who is able? Now, God, our senior financial partner, is able. He has no limits. God doesn't ha- is not limited by the market. He's not limited by inflation. He's not limited by high interest rates or low interest rates. He's not limited whether the stock market goes up or goes down, whatever it might be. Our God, our senior partner in our finances, is able. And then it says here, through his mighty power, 
power at work within us. Boy, I'll tell you, that, that's a senior partner for you. Through his mighty power at work within us. Now, we can form a partnership with another person here on earth and do something. And one person can add one thing and another person can add something else. And together you form a partnership in everybody if they act within their guidance and direction and perform as the partner and serve in the function they're supposed to be in the partnership, then things have a chance to be successful. However, with God, he has mighty power at work within us. So not only is God unlimited in his ability, not only should we give glory to God and, and understand that he's able to do anything, and that's because of his power, but he puts that power in us. So therefore, God places his power and his authority and his wisdom and his teaching and his strength and his knowledge and his abilities are in us through the leading of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in believers. The Holy Spirit lives and dwells within us. And that's how we can receive the power from God and the wisdom from God to make good financial decisions to be blessed in our finances and other, of course, other areas of our life. But I'm focusing primarily on finances today. The scripture goes on to read, after it says his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. You know, it's amazing to me to think of how powerful God is and how unlimited he is. We, we are limited thinkers. We might think we're big thinkers. I know when I started the church, I thought, well, Lord, if we could just be blessed with a thousand people, I would find that to be amazing. And if you could get us a nice little building that would maybe seat 500 people and we would have a couple services on Sunday and have a congregation of a thousand, that would be really amazing because I know the average size of a church in America today is less than a hundred people. That, that counts even all the big ones. You add them all up, it's less than a hundred people in each congregation in America today. And I thought, Lord, if you could do that, that's over 10 times bigger than most churches. And, and that's amazing. And so God, I just pray you'll do that. Well, I was thinking small because God had a bigger plan. And within a matter of just about four years, our church was approaching 2,000 and then went over 2,000. We were having four services a week, three on Sunday morning, filling our little building up. The 500-seat auditorium that we had was absolutely being filled to capacity uh, twice, two, three times a week, and God was blessing us. Then all of a sudden, a big chunk of land came by, and we bought, I, I wanted 20 acres, and the Lord provided 33 acres for us. I was hoping for a sanctuary to seat 500. The Lord Lord provided a sanctuary that seats 1,100 people. God thinks bigger than us. He's the senior partner with great plans and great thoughts, but also great ability to be able to see those plans and those thoughts come to fruition. So remember, when you're praying, you know, don't limit God. A lot of folks, we limit God. I, I, I did at the church, obviously, when I was praying too small. A lot of folks say, oh, Lord, I pray that you just bless me so that I could get a car. I prefer to pray, Lord, I want the car that you want for me. You're my partner, and so you provide for me what you think I should have. Don't be surprised if it's a lot nicer than what you would have thought of. If you pray, oh, God, just give me an old beat up car, just anything to get me back and forth to work and something that'll be easy to take care of. And if you'll help me get that car, Lord, I'll be so thankful. So just get me a little old beat up something. God's sitting up there thinking, I... I'd like to get you something nicer than that. I'd like to provide something more from that. But sometimes we limit ourselves and limit what God wants to do by him just saying, well, if that's what you want, that's what we'll do. And that's what he'll get you. So let's not pray these limited prayers that we have. Don't, don't pray that, Lord, I pray, Lord, that this sickness in my body, that the pain will go away and leave it at that. I believe in praying, God, this pain is terrible. I ask in Jesus' name that you'll remove it as far as the east is from the west, never to come into my body again, ever, ever 
ever, ever, ever. And I also believe in God that you'll heal my body and cleanse that source, whatever's causing that pain, that you go down into the core of my body and heal me. Because I want what God wants. I want my senior partner to be who he is. There's, there's a way to summarize all this up and that's just simply when you're praying, when you're seeking direction in your finances, in your health, in your marriage, in raising your kids, let's let God be God. Yeah, I, that's what I said. Let God be God. That simply means don't limit him because it says that he is able to accomplish through us and in us infinitely more than we might ask or even think, greater than we can ask or think. My dear friend, Pastor Tommy Barnett and I were chatting the other day and I said, you know, what would you do in life differently? He's been in ministry like 67 years or something like that. He's 83 years old and started, you know, in his teens and just an amazing ministry, an amazing successful man and incredibly wonderful man, a very, very dear friend of mine. And I asked him, what, what would you do differently in your life? He said, I'd, I'd take more challenges. I'd go after bigger things. Well, here he's built one of the largest sanctuary buildings for a church in the entire country. And his son has taken over the ministry. And that ministry now has an impact of with nine different locations. And Pastor Tommy Barnett, who started with his son, Matthew, a church in Los Angeles called the Dream Centers. There are now like 250 or 260 Dream Centers around the world. And Pastor Barnett said, you know, when I was praying, I just asked, Lord, if you'll just bless this, that we can bless Los Angeles and make a difference. You see, we're all limited. And he would be the first one to agree with me and say he just probably didn't ask God for enough. And we all do that. I know I've done that. And I know that you've probably done that. So let's just pray and believe that, God, we want your abundance. We want your fullness, Father. And we want you to do, God, what only you can do. So let me read that scripture to you. And and I'm going to ask that you receive this. Now, as I'm reading this to you, I'm going to read it in the form of a prayer. So therefore, I want you to receive this. So I want you to either close your eyes because you don't have to look at anything. You can just listen and receive what this verse has to say from from your senior partner. Here's advice. Now all glory to God. Father, I give all glory to God. Lord, you are glorious. You are worthy. You are worthy to be praised and to be glorified. It says, and Father, you are able. You're not limited by anything, God. You're able to do exceedingly abundantly, Father. Greater than what I can imagine or think. So you are able, God, and I receive that and I thank you for it. You're able to bless my finances, God. And Lord, through your mighty power at work within me. Come on, claim this scripture for yourself. Through your mighty power, God, that's working in me. I need that power, Father God, to accomplish infinitely more, Father, than I can imagine or even think or that I might even ask or even think. And through that, God, I pray that all glory will be to you, Lord, in the church and in Jesus Christ through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now, did that feel good or what? I hope that that blessed you. I hope that that prayer helped you understand that God is your partner. He wants to be your partner in everything. And when you have to ask the question, how to receive financial success, make God your partner. And he's got to be the senior partner because he's unlimited in his power. So let me just pray for you as we close out this teaching today. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for this amazing message that you ordained, Lord. Lord, because it came from your word. So it had to be ordained of you, God, because you ordained your word. I pray that you would bless it now. I would pray that everyone listening in today form a partnership with you in their finances, God, and in their health and in their marriage and in their life, God. Form a partnership, Father, where you are the senior partner. You're in charge because you have all authority and all wisdom. And I pray, Father, that that power that you gave to us that's working in each and every one of us who know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, Father, will come alive in us, Father, and that we'll see great successes and great power that'll come out of this partnership with you, Father, that 
that, Lord, that, that those that are listening, Father, can be blessed and be a blessing, Father, to others, be a blessing to the church throughout this world. I thank you for it, God. And I give you praise once again, Father, for what you've done in this teaching today. Give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I hope that you were blessed in that. I pray that God will richly bless you and that you will receive this and take this teaching to others. You know, I have a lot of additional information I'll be talking on. I think I'm going to be staying in the in the area of God is our source and make him our partner in upcoming episodes. So episode number 42 is make God our financial partner. Now, if you're interested in getting more information about these teachings, you can go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com. And as you pull that up online, you can find a place there where you can touch my other podcasts and connect and listen to the other podcasts we've had on teachings on our finances. In addition to that, if you'll sign in there and give me your email, I'll be able to set you up on a weekly newsletter I'll be putting out very shortly. You can subscribe to my podcast on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I want to encourage you to contact your friends or family or relatives and let them be aware of this teaching we're doing on making God your senior partner. I truly believe the Holy Spirit is in it and I believe that he's got a plan for it and I believe that he's going to bless you and bless all those who tune in. So God is the best partner that we could ever have. He's the ultimate partner, if you would. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, then you can make him your senior partner. Before I close out today, though, I want to be sure that everyone listening understands what it is to have a relationship with Jesus. And very quickly, I'd like you to just close your eyes and repeat this prayer with me. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you'd like to know about the Holy Spirit who dwells inside of followers of the Lord Jesus, then just repeat this prayer with me and God will come into your life and the Holy Spirit will come into your heart and dwell within you and give you power and wisdom and direction you've never dreamed possible. Father, I pray, Father, you would bless them. And so just repeat this words with me. Dear Lord, I'm sorry for the sins I've committed I repent of my sins. I ask you to come into my life and make me a new person. The Bible says that if I need you or want you, I can only ask. And if I ask, you'll not turn me away. So I ask that Jesus Christ become my Lord and Savior and that you'll forgive me from all the sins in my life, Father. I'll thank you for it and give you praise now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. Until next time, may God richly bless you.